Welcome to the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast, where we go beyond the doctor's office and take a closer look at the programs that Eskenazi Health has to offer our patients and the communities we serve. My name is Brian Van Bocklin with Eskenazi Health's public affairs team. And today we are talking about something that's really, really, really important, uh, not only to Eskenazi Health, but to the community we serve. Just a very, very valuable thing, the Housing Rights and Eviction Helpline. And it's a program set up in partnership with the Indiana with Indiana Legal Services to help Eskenazi health patients with questions and concerns relating to when they when they have to rent their home. So apartments, townhouses, a home rental, all of that stuff. And joining us today, we have Anna Kirkman, who is the Associate Chief Counsel for Eskenazi Health, and uh, Krista Howard, the uh, Project Director for Central Indiana Medical Legal Partnership. So I think I got all of that out. Now that we have all the formalities out, we can we can jump into everything. And uh, also, th- this is so important with the Eskenazi Health Foundation. We're going to really get into the weeds about this partnership and, and everything that's going on. So we'll start with the easy stuff. Anna, tell us a little bit about you know your career here at Eskenazi. How long have you been here? What what your role entails? Well, uh, my name is Anna Kirkman, and I am, like I said, I'm part of the legal department here at Eskenazi Health. I've been with the organization for 13 years, and I came in 2009 to start the Medical Legal Partnership, which is a program that provides civil legal aid services to patients. Over time, my role and function with the organization has grown and, and evolved. Um, but the medical legal partnership is really still such an important part of the work that I do. And I am happy to share that it's grown and developed over the years, thanks in large part to the partnership we have with Indiana Legal Services. And Krista, same question to you. We'll start off easy. A little bit about your background and, and your role here at Eskenazi. Sure. Um, Krista Howard, I am currently the project director for the Central Indiana Medical Legal Partnership, as you mentioned. I started with Indiana Legal Services in September of 2019 as a staff attorney. Um, What you should know about Indiana Legal Services is that we are a nonprofit law firm, that we are the largest provider in the state of Indiana of free civil legal assistance to low-income Hoosiers, Basically, ILS, as we love to call it, Indiana Legal Services, we help clients across the state who face legal problems that harm their quality of life and access to the basics, food, shelter, income, medical care, or personal safety. Um, And I have had a passion, came in working for the Medical Legal Partnership, uh, just started doing the general legal services that we offer, and quickly found a passion for housing, um, housing law, housing interests, housing rights. And so here I am. And I, I do have to say, as the uh, son and brother of lawyers and judges and more lawyers, when you guys walked in here with notes and legal pads, I was like, I am at home. <laughs> I, I, I know how this conversation is going to go. And now it's just up to me to elevate my game to meet the <laughs> the standards of all of this. So we're going to get into the uh, housing eviction line, but let's start uh, at the medical legal partnership. So Anna, can you tell us tell us what that is and how that what services then we offer our patients here at Eskenazi Health through that? Absolutely. So the medical legal partnership has been a signature project of Eskenazi Health for more than a decade. We were the first to develop a medical legal partnership in the state of Indiana, but it stems from a program that has been 
really gaining momentum across the country over the last 20 years. It fits nicely and syncs up perfectly with the foundation, Eskenazi Health Foundation and the organization's emphasis on social determinants of health. Um, legal advocacy and legal intervention can be one of the tools to address and alleviate social determinants of health barriers to care. So an example would be someone lives in an apartment that has uh, an infestation or mold growth or um, plumbing that is not working. The role that we can play is to intervene and address the landlord in a way that remediates the situation and improves the quality of life for the person living there. Um, And that may lead to someone staying in their residence for a sustained period and not moving around as much if they if they like where they live. It means that where their children are going to school, that remains stable. Where they're getting their health care, that remains in the same community. So this whole orbit of things that revolve around where you live is, is really important. And so the more we can stabilize that, um, the better someone's vitality is. Um, But housing isn't the only thing that we offer assistance with. So other areas that the Medical Legal Partnership helps with include guardianship, consumer right advocacy, family stability, um, such as help with advanced directives or family law issues, personal stability. That could include things like gender marker and name changes for our transgender community. It could mean criminal record expungement for people who are eligible. So the scope of the Medical Legal Partnership is broad, and we have many partners that help us achieve those things, primarily Indiana Legal Services, but also Fagri Drinker, which is a law firm that does a lot of pro bono work. Um, And uh, we partner with other organizations like the Joseph Maley Foundation. uh, And so there are ways that we have sort of pieced together all of these different services so that we can maximize what patients have access to. So essentially, they you you see what the need is, and then Eskenazi doesn't have a team of in-house. Well, we have a team of in-house lawyers, but we don't. We're not a law firm. We correct then go send it out to the right resource. Right? We leverage our partners okay. to provide those direct services to patients. Yes. So then, how does someone get uh, get connected with this? Yeah. So it is medical legal in nature in that someone sees their primary care provider or their mental health provider, whomever they're seeing for their health care, and that provider might identify or social worker might identify that a patient has a need that could be addressed with a legal remedy. And so then they would put a referral in to the medical legal partnership to then review that matter, assess it, and determine if they're eligible for services. So it works in a similar way that um, our providers send out referrals for different follow-up specialists. This is like a legal specialist. And so the legal provider becomes part of the overall treatment team. So essentially for someone, for a patient who's listening to this right now, when you come see your doctor, if you think you might need services in your realm, talk to your doctor about it. You don't necessarily have to have a strictly medical conversation with your doctor. They make that connection for them, It's probably something that would come up in Mm -hmm. conversation when you're there for your taking your kid to their well-child visit. And you might say, oh, you know what? We are struggling with um, Sally's individualized education plan. The school is not uh, taking my requests for her to be evaluated seriously. Um, Is there something we can do to 
elevate that or escalate that with the school. And there's probably a role there for social work and medical legal partnership potentially together to play. I'm always amazed when I turn over new leafs of what Eskenazi offers people here. And then they hear that this, it's so much more than healthcare here. And that's, that's what I love about this place. All right. The, uh, uh, housing, evic- the housing rights and eviction uh, helpline. Krista, can you go into some details about, uh, you know, Explain what it is, why it was created, how it all works, please. Sure. Um, it was created uh, essentially in a, in, re- in a response to the housing crisis, um, primarily um, regarding eviction, avoidance, um, to prevent homelessness, um, to address issues like poor living conditions. Um, it was created to, to provide advice off the cuff to p- patients calling in, requesting or needing assistance. Um, <clears throat> it basically is different in the way that, um, as Anna mentioned, how uh, referrals might be made on behalf of a, of a patient by the medical team or the social worker. This helpline is available to patients to call in at their convenience during the times that we operate, which are on Tuesdays and Fridays from 9 to 11 and Wednesdays from 2 to 4. So they have those different times um, allotted that they can call in at their leisure, um, which allows them to um, just be able to take control and and be in control of the situation. And so uh, it also, the best thing about it is that um, normally when a patient is referred to the medical legal partnership, um, they don't have access to an attorney right there, but calling the helpline, they get to pick up the phone or they get to talk directly to an attorney, which is normally me um, or another attorney on our MLT team, medical legal partnership team that will be sitting in on my behalf but I can talk with them right away about their issue and give them advice. And hopefully they have what they need. They can do what they want, do what they are needing to do to address their issue. Um, I think the thing that I like the most about it is that, you know, it, again, like I said, it is immediate that I can talk with them, but it also gives me an opportunity to educate them and to give them information that they may not have otherwise had. You know, we, there is information that I'm required to get just because of legal services, corporation requirements and, and things like that, um, just to ensure that they are eligible for our services. But once we're past that, we just go right on into their issue. And the beauty of that is that if someone has an eviction hearing the next day, they're not having to wait for someone to call them and walk them through the process of intake and so on, they can get real-time advice before they're hearing. And that's that's really important. It's meant to really meet the need in that moment of crisis or urgency for the patient. And I want to make sure that I get this in as many times as possible. What is the number? I want to repeat this as, as often as we can. Absolutely. It is 317 one three eight seven, and you mentioned, I guess, business hours. Uh, is there a voicemail that they can leave if it's outside of that, and someone will call them back, or how does that work? So they they do have an opportunity to leave a voicemail, but that is during those that time frame on uh, Tuesday and Friday and Wednesday. Um, but 
if the if it's closed, they'll they'll have to call back. Like if it's mm-hmm. outside of that time, they'll have to call back. But say I'm on the phone actually talking with someone and they you know, wait a period of time, they do have the opportunity to leave a voicemail message. And I can go back into that directly after I've ended that call and call them back and talk with them. And then for someone who who calls us in again, 317-536-1387-1387. For someone who does call, you kind of touched on it on it earlier, but what can they expect when when someone answers the phone after calling this? How how's a how's a typical call gonna gonna go for them? Sure. Um, obviously, answer and tell them that they've reached the Housing Rights and Eviction Helpline. Verify that they are an Eskenazi patient. I will get a um, variety of information from them, from finances to assets to number of people you have in your home, um, just basic demographic information. And then we will dive into the crux of the issue, the problem, um, and I will give them whatever advice I can, um, information that I can, sometimes housing resources. Um, if if it is a situation kind of like Anna jumped into um, where they have uh, a hearing in the next couple of days, the, the housing helpline is set up to give advice. But that doesn't mean that we couldn't also assist them, like represent them at that hearing. Um, that may be conducted through the medical legal partnership so that the case is assigned to an attorney through the medical legal partnership. And that person is also able to receive extended services in addition to the advice. I'm willing to bet that the word eviction is a very broad word for a lot of unique challenges in the sense that not all evictions are the same. So... What sign the people who do call this line? What what sort of challenges are they are they facing that kind of builds up to and becomes eviction as we commonly know it as? Well, a lot of times you're right. Eviction can mean a threat of eviction, or it could actually be that they have a hearing coming up. Um, they may need information on like if the eviction. Uh, is for a non-payment. Maybe there are resources out there, rental resources that they can apply for to make that issue go away, um, to prevent it from being filed in the court. Um, It may be that they are facing a hearing and they need information about like just common decor, decorum, what, what happens at the court hearing to what documents do I need can I file a counterclaim? Do I have issues that my the judge needs to know that the landlord hasn't done, that this may be in violation of the contract that I have with them? I mean, it, there's a plethora of, of information and challenges that they may they may have that they have no idea about. Like, they're just gen, general public doesn't have a lot of information about their common rights, either in small claims court or and superior court. And so um, that kind of information is provided to them. Some of the other challenges are that they are facing a landlord who has legal representation. Um, And so trying to prepare them, if not prepare to represent them, is also um, an issue that we try to help if if at all possible. Um, I think the other main issue that we see challenges uh, that we see might be that the landlord and 
tenant, their, their communication has broken down. And so now they're no, they're no longer either willing to talk with each other. And so sometimes we're able to step in um, as not a mediator, but kind of a, a middle party to either encourage um, conversation to get the situation resolved. A lot of this that they have going back and forth doesn't need to go to court. It can be resolved outside of court. And so we're able to assist with that as well. Um, otherwise, some of the other challenges I believe that we see might be just simple understanding their lease agreement. Um, a lot of people sign contracts without reading it, without understanding it without knowing that they can first take it and have it reviewed or take some time and review it themselves instead of having to be able, having to be forced to sign it right on the spot. Um, so before we get into any advice, I like to ask, is there any contract? Is there any documentation that you've signed or received from the landlord that I would help me to help them or help advise them? And so um, that challenge I think is, Across the board, I see a lot of that people don't either have a copy of their contract or they haven't read their contract. They didn't understand it when they read it, so, but they signed it anyway. So just kind of getting that um, under control and and in front of both me and the tenant or the patient calling in, that helps a lot. And I think, uh, like, like you said, people sign a lease, you know, it's a contract, they didn't read through it, or there's so much jargon and you lay out at the beginning of it will forever be known as them. And, and you're like, I don't, and then, so they don't know what they're signing up for. And they're just looking at, I need a place to live. So sign this. And then papers show up and legal documents are scary looking the way they're formatted. And I mean, it just, and, and you just go into a panic almost as bad as a medical condition. And I, and it's, it's really important to have someone kind of Get them, talk them off the ledge, explain what it means, how, how this works through. So I, stuff like that. And if you're in thinking about it, you might not know where you're going to live in 24 hours. That is petrifying. Well, it also goes on the other side. Mm -hmm. So it might go on the, I don't know where I'm going to live. I got to sign something to get in. It also may be that um, the patient has been given notice to get out because they're, and they think they have to leave mm -hmm. right then and there. And so they're frantically trying to figure out, where am I going? Or am I going to end on the street? And we obviously want to avoid an eviction. We obviously want to avoid homelessness. So uh, getting getting them on the phone and being able to explain to them their rights, that they don't have to just leave and go out onto the street, that is crucial um, because the homelessness, the the you know evictions, that affects so much, like Anna was saying, the determinants of health. Um, it are just so uh, um, if affected by lack of housing. And one of the components that we built into the Housing Rights and Eviction program was to create a five-part video series on our Eskenazi Health YouTube channel so that patients could on-demand watch a five-minute video that educates them on knowing their rights as an Indiana renter. And one of the videos is about specifically the ins and outs of a renter or lease contract. So that's something that people could look at when they're provided a lease, take a step, take a minute, watch the video, look at their agreement, and then be 
be able to assess whether or not the terms are appropriate and that they're willing to agree to them. Um, other videos that are available are about housing conditions, how to present and handle yourself in court if you're there without legal representation so people are familiar with court decorum because it can be intimidating. Um, there's one on disability rights and discrimination. Um, and so that video series was a really important part of our overall approach to how we're educating um, the community about their rights as an Indiana renter to kind of demystify some of that process so it's not so intimidating. And you mentioned the Eskenazi Health Foundation has been yes, the, creating these videos. The foundation has been supporting this program since really early COVID days. So when so many people were unemployed during early COVID and then we were anticipating this wave of evictions to follow, we set up the Housing Rights and Eviction Helpline through a grant made by the Eskenazi Health Foundation to meet that need in that moment. And what we've learned is that even though we're past the eviction crisis that was anticipated, there's still people who have that need and encounter issues with their housing, their housing stability all the time. And so we are still there um, to meet that need and be available to our, our community in that way. I, I do want to ask a couple questions about COVID. Uh, so it was kind of set up, you just mentioned in, in early COVID. So how has COVID impacted the the work that you you all are doing obviously it led to the creation of this but you know what how did COVID change the game I guess is the best way I can ask the question yeah I mean so during the early days there were so many unknowns and so much distress about people not having income and employment and trying to stand up structures that would support them over time that of course has evolved um, but we really took the opportunity to not only try to address eviction as it worked under the current statutory law, but also to help people navigate the moratorium that the Centers for Disease Control created at that time to also help prevent evictions. So there was a lot of there were a lot of forms and um, different rules around to be eligible for that that eviction moratorium. So even just helping navigate that. So a lot of that has subsided now. Um, and I think we see people really just back in normal state, more or less, in terms of there's still people who are facing evictions. There's still people who have landlords that are not taking care of the properties and they need help remediating uninhabitable conditions. Um, but I think some of that, the early crises of, of that has kind of passed. We have uh, Anna Kirkman and uh, Krista Howard here talking about the Eskenazi Health Medical Legal Partnership and also the Housing Rights and Eviction Helpline. Has, has the moratorium been lifted yet? I, I honestly don't know. It is. It is? Okay. It, it has been lifted long ago, unfortunately, um, as we knew it would. Mm -hmm. And we expected um, that there would be this cliff. <clears throat> that evictions would return to normal and uh, or resume and, and, you know, thousands of people would be evicted onto the street. And that, for the most part, um, was slower to happen than we thought because during the moratorium, we, our organization, Indiana Legal Services and other organizations had opportunities to get 
materials in front of judges to explain to them, hey, this is the housing crisis that we're dealing with. This was what it was before COVID, which we, Indianapolis, ranked second uh, behind New York City as far as the number of evictions. Um, so it was, we had an opportunity to get in front of judges and get them some information about this crisis. And then there became um, opportunities for tenants to apply for rental assistance. So that delayed that eviction process um, from resuming at least to the level that we thought it would. But eventually the rental assistance has now either run out or stopped. Um, And so people are, um, we see the numbers of eviction coming back up to where almost it was before COVID. Um, There are a lot of measures that are in place to try to curb that, keep that number low or take it back down. But there's still a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. And one more time, the phone number for the uh, Housing Rights and Eviction Helpline, 317-536-1387. This program is is so important and has done such a good job that it's also a finalist for a very prestigious award, the uh, Love Thy uh, Neighborhood, Love Thy Neighborhoot Award. Uh, can you tell us, a, toot your horn, this is, this is, this is good stuff, though. So what, what, what's going on with that? Sure. So Indiana Legal Services and Eskenazi Health have been uh, nominated, and we are a finalist for the LISC Love Thy Neighborhood Award for the Vitality component. So um, that will air on Wish TV on September 11th, and then there's a People's Choice Award to follow that. So it's one of many really important programs that the community um, has going right now. And so I would encourage people to check out because there are a lot of other great programs, too, that are doing great work in, in our city. Is this something that we need to vote for? Do we need to encourage people? Where, how do we vote? Let's let's I, I let's, let's beat we, the streets we, here. Wish, let's get them out there. Yeah, wish, <laughs> I think the Wish TV uh, social yeah. media. Okay. All right. Right on. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we look forward to seeing that. I, I, I think we're a shoe in. I'm, I'm biased, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we should just, just, they should just hand it to us and rename the award. So, um, but okay. Uh, so a, as we move forward and we, we, we talked about the, the moratorium had been lifted a while ago. Is there, is there anything on the horizon as we still continue to come out of COVID and move our way out of COVID that we need to prepare people for? Uh, well, absolutely. Um, there is an opportunity for a lot of tenants, um, patients who have evictions filed against them to have those evictions sealed. One of the issues and the biggest challenges, I should have mentioned this earlier on, is that when an eviction is filed by a landlord, it essentially has the same effect as if there was a judgment entered against that tenant. Unfortunately, um, this information is made public to everyone. Um, primarily tenants, potential, I'm sorry, not tenants, but potential landlords, uh, they have access to this information. They have access to see when an eviction has been filed. Um, and unfortunately, they don't have enough information to see that, oh, well, this judgment was not ever entered against this person or it was dismissed. They, they don't, there's limited information that they have um, into the court record and court documents. So there's an, there was a law um, made effective J- July 1st, I believe, that allows tenants to seal their record. They have to petition the court to request that their record be sealed 
if the eviction was dismissed or if it there was no damages awarded um, on their against them to the landlord, they can petition the court to have the record sealed from the public. Um, if there are several evictions, you want to do it all at once, right? Um, obviously, if they're in different courts, you have to do it in different courts. But it's best to be able to seal that record completely so then that doesn't affect their chances with potential landlords to be able to, to rent. Um, so those are some things that we're helping people with um, to help them understand that things can turn around. Because essentially beforehand, if you were evicted, you your chance of being able to find housing later is is just low, very low. And then, of course, increasing homelessness and it's just a vicious. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that we have not touched on yet that is important to get in in this in this episode? Well, even if someone wants help through the housing rights and eviction helpline, and they need that help during off hours, so not during the the key office hours, they can work with their treatment team or their social worker and ask for just a referral to the medical legal partnership. And their issue can be reviewed in that way. So it's just a different. It's a different channel. It's not quite as urgent, and um, but it is still a viable option for people to get help. And if it's marked urgent in the referral um, system, mm -hmm. then we escalate that. We put it to the to the top, and we're also looking. Just in, sometimes they don't come to us marked urgent, but if we see that they have a hearing in, you know the next week, then we, we automatically escalate that. Let's go back and recap all the takeaways from this. First of all, we have the, the phone number for the housing rights eviction helpline 317-536-1387. We also have on the Eskenazi health YouTube page, all those videos that are kind of broken out into a kind of like a greatest hits of, of what you might experience, so to speak. It's or, a five part yeah. series called knowing your rights as an Indiana renter. And that's, that's right there. Check out those videos, maybe even check them out before you call the maybe help you might be able to get your question answered right there or help you uh, kind of condense the help that you do need so that when you're on the phone, you, you can get right right down to, down to business. So that is all. That's on the Eskenazi Health YouTube page. You can get more information on this program of obviously through EskenaziHealth.edu. Uh, we're also on all the social media channels. Is there, I guess, last chance, anything that we have not covered before we wrap things up? And you guys have done a great job. And thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Anna Kirkman and uh, Krista Howard, thank you very much for being here. Thanks to Joe and to Rachel, as always. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and we'll talk to you next time on the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast. To hear all of our previous episodes, please subscribe to our channel on SoundCloud by searching Eskenazi Health.